Okay, I think we're live today. Hey, good morning. It's Jack Kelly. And it's Jack. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Um, if you know, I didn't give my, you know, you know, exuberant <laughs> introduction like I usually do, because obviously anyone who's paying attention, this is this is a tough time. I mean, this is a really rough moment for everybody. And uh want to be very sensitive and understanding what people are going through. And to that extent, I feel it's important to share what I'm seeing. And in a way, I get to see all different kinds of facets of what's happening in terms of writing for Forbes. I'm interviewing all these senior executives, you know, across the board, across the world. <clears throat> um, in terms of recruiting, I'm speaking to job seekers all the time. I'm speaking to hiring managers, HR. So kind of get the threads from all different sides of what's happening. And also through the podcast, get all sorts of feedback and people tell me what's happening. And <clears throat> I think for now, what you have to do, I know the, the, the topic we're talking about is kind of the mental health, the emotional well-being, how to navigate through these chaotic, tough times. But I want to lay out the groundwork. I mean, what I'm seeing here, and I'm not going to say this is you know 100% what it is, this is one person's opinion, is that we're in a challenging time and it looks like it's going to be this way for a long time. Jamie Dimon, the CEO of, of JP Morgan Bank, basically said, hey, he is worried that the Hamas-Israeli conflict could really have reverberations and have you know, waves of challenges. It could run from the different Middle East countries saying, hey, we're holding back on the oil which would create a crisis back to like what happened here in the US in the 70s. And I don't know if anyone knows or was around there or their parents told about it. You would have to have your cars lined up and you would have to have license plate tags of a certain letter to go on a certain day to get your gas. And he's also kind of, uh, you know, Diamond, he's one of the most well-respected CEOs. You know, a lot of CEOs, uh, are kind of lambasted, but he's one of the few that people look up to and respect his judgment. He's also is saying that he believes that there might be stagflation because of all the disruptions that are going on. And with stagflation, it means unemployment is high. Your salary goes down if you have a salary, if you're working, but costs go up. So it becomes this really bad situation. So for today, really what I want to talk about is a little bit so you kind of see what's happening. And, and the reason it, I don't want to come across negative or a downer or a bummer, but so many people ask me that what's going on? Why can't I find a job? Why don't people get back to me You know when I interview? And the answer is we're kind of in a white collar rich session. It's kind of a term. I don't know who coined it. I'll take credit for it, but someone else probably coined it. A white-collar recession, which means that where the blue-collar frontline workers, there are plenty of jobs available. If you're a mid- to senior-level person, college-educated, maybe advanced degree, it's not easy anymore. It's actually harder to find a job because these companies, they recognize we're in a bad space. So what happens? 
when firms are uncertain about the future, they, they want to be very cost effective. They want to cut as many you know, costs as possible. And there's not a big reason to hire. So they may put out a job posting, a job listing, and then you reply to it thinking, I'm great, and you never hear back. It's because they're not sure they really want to hire. They'll still put the posting out so they could collect resumes, hoping that things will get better, because that's what usually does happen. You go in waves. It's not always all negative. It's not always positive. You know, there'll be some positive negatives. It's, it's, it's like a stock chart. You know, it goes up, goes down, goes up, goes down, goes up. So there's not one just flat line. So when you're looking for a job and you're wondering they're not getting back, in my opinion, what it seems like is that the companies really don't want to hire. They just want to hang tight, order the labor that they have now and wait things out. So you'll go through the interview process because also they may want to find, hey, can I find this purple, unique, <laughs> you know, squirrel who, who has all the talents, ingredients, and skills, but will take like 50% less. So maybe if they find someone like that, they'll hire. But if they have somebody who, you know, wants 200,000, 250,000, they're not going to want to do it. There's also a whole lot of hyper-specialization going on now where companies want you to find the person who does exactly, 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 you know, what the job the requirement asked for. And if you don't have it, they're like, yeah, we'll keep looking because there's no rush for them to hire at this point in time. We're also worried about AI. Goldman Sachs had this study a few months back that 300 million people might lose their jobs from AI. Now, I don't know. That seems a little high, but even if you cut it in half or a quarter, there's still the fear of losing jobs but not only the fear of losing jobs, it's the, the companies now are thinking, and some people are saying like IBM, Chegg, other, other company executives are basically saying, hey, we're going to hang tight because why should we hire people if AI could take their jobs? So let's, let's wait it out and let's see how it happens. So now if this, to put, you know, put this together, you can get a sense that the market is tough, the global macro uh, events are tough because you always have to worry, will the war or the, however you want to call it in, in, in the Middle East and what's still going on in, in Ukraine, if that spills over and the US gets dragged into you know, World War III, I mean, that's a frightening prospect. And these are the things we're, we're, we're working with. And so for people who are watching this now, maybe watching the replay, and they're struggling to find a job, they're just feeling unhappy, they're feeling miserable, they're discontented, they're disengaged at work. You know what? It's logical to be that way because there are these serious issues. So it makes sense that you're going to feel like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to work. I don't want, I don't, you know, uh, it, and it's very hard too when you know, I think most people are, are, are avidly watching the news and seeing what's going on, uh, both in the Ukraine, what's happening, you know, in, in Israel and Gaza. And then it's hard to bounce back from that. You watch, you, you watch the misery and then you're like, how do I go to work and be all happy and excited? So for those watching, 
it's not just you. This is across the board. And I hear this every day from so many people. You know, a lot of them don't want to talk about it. But this, this, this is a big thing. Like Christine, Christine is our producer. She's in, in, in the background. I think you were just saying about this morning, right? How like it's so hard to get past it, right? Yeah, especially after the news last night. Um, yeah, it's really difficult. In addition to the human costs, I was looking at the most recent U.S. jobs report, and you know the you know current administration is three hundred and thirty-six thousand jobs. This is the best ever. I get it. Who it is not Democrat or Republican. Whoever's in charge, you know, they all want to say everything is great, particularly when you're going into an election year. I get it. But when you dig down into what's happening with the jobs report, I'll give you some real numbers. And it's, it's, it's startling. We'll put it this way. Out of the 336,000 jobs that were created, only about 21, 22,000 were white-collar professionals. Let that just sink in. So basically, there's not a lot of white-collar jobs around and not a lot of people being hired. But yet there's 336,000 jobs that were created. So if you're a frontline worker, a blue collar worker, that's great. But even then it's not good because if you, dr if you drill down and, and I was writing these down because like some of these numbers are just so crazy. So you have 8 million Americans who are holding multiple jobs and they're holding multiple jobs, not because they want to work two or three jobs, but they have to work for three, two or three jobs. There's 1.2 million part-timers, part-time jobs. Think about that. And I'm, I, it seems like most of these 1.2 million people who are having these part-time jobs, they don't, they rather have a full-time job. They rather have benefits, health benefits, you know, profit sharing, 401k. But no, they're kind of stuck. They have to juggle these other jobs. About four to five million Americans just said. I'm out of, I just can't take it anymore and left and left the job market. They just pulled themselves out. Now, some could be people who just decided to retire. It could be people who said, I'm going to take disability, whether, you know, you need it or not. I mean, there's a lot of that going on, but they're just saying, I, I can't, I can't take the constant interviewing and rejection and interviewing and rejection. And maybe if you're a certain age, you're, you're, you feel it. There's ageism. Maybe if you're other, you know, you feel other prejudices and you're like, I just got to take, take a step out. I just got to kind of move out and, and just give it some time. And this kind of segues into what really I should be talking about is the mental health and emotional well-being aspect of what's going on. So in my opinion, what given the circumstances where we're in a challenging environment, a dangerous environment. Because in addition to what's happening globally, think about what's happening in the big cities like New York and Chicago and Philly and LA. There's a lot of danger. There's a lot of crime. There's a lot of lawlessness, a lot of senseless brutality. We have in New York City by the Roosevelt Hotel. I don't know if it's still like this, but you had these illegal you know, migrants coming in and they're just sleeping raw on the street or circling around these huge New York City blocks. 
And this is happening in other cities across the country. So we have a lot of problems going on here. What, and now more than ever, now more than ever, I think it's time that people have to, have to start working on their mental health and emotional well-being because it's too easy to get sucked up in all the negative things that are happening. Because once you let that kind of overwhelm you, it's going to hurt you at work and it's going to work, hurt you at home and it's going to make you an unhappy, miserable person. So what I would say, and I'm not going to pretend to be on this guru, health guru, what have you. I'm just like a regular guy who just does my homework and researches things to, to give advice and guidance. So in no particular order, I would say this. Maybe number one, this almost is kind of a cliche. You want to just focus on what you can control. You know, all of us here, we're not going to be able to stop the violence that's going on in the Middle East or in Ukraine or Abishajan and Armenia and other places in the world that there are horrible events happening. But we could focus and control you know, what we can control. So for instance, let's say with work, it would make sense because things are dicey to do whatever you can. And I kind of alluded to this yesterday. You want to do whatever you can to hold on to your job because with an uncertain future, you don't want to be bare minimum Monday, quiet quitting, acting your wage. You don't want to do any of that nonsense. You want to do, you want to be in monk mode. And, and I'm writing about that today. Monk mode is kind of where you put blinders on. And it's kind of you know, a little bit Zen Buddhist kind of stuff where you're just focused on what you need to do. So you want to be in monk mode saying, hey, okay, how can I be great at my job? How can I be of value to the company so that if there are layoffs and there's still layoffs, I thought they were subsiding. You know, yesterday I posted about a dozen, two dozen major corporations in a whole variety of sectors that were laying off. So there's still layoffs. So you don't want to just coast. You want to find how, you know, speak to your boss, speak to your supervisor, and just find out what would you like me to do? How can I exceed expectations? How can I help you do your job better? How, this way you'll have a game plan. So you could show, hey, I'm that go-to person. I'm that person who's indispensable and you're going to need me. So even if time gets tough or tougher, they're not going to let you go. At the same time, and for those who might think, oh, you're just saying kiss up to your boss. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you want to hold on to your job because you don't know what's going to happen. Now, obviously, if it's an untenable position and you're miserable and you're just, just starting to drink or take drugs or do anything to cope, all right, yeah, then that's different. But for most people, do the best you can to get noticed, to gain attention, 
go into the office so people see you, do your best work, come in as hard as it's going to be, and it's going to be hard to come in and be engaged and be motivated and contribute. So this way, you'll keep your job and be safe for, the, for now. Also, plan out a just-in-case plan. What if something happens and I lose my job? You don't want to wait for that to happen. So it's imperative, get a game plan of what to do. Don't wait. Get in touch with recruiters who specialize in your space. Get in touch with career coaches, resume writers. Get in touch with your network, friends, colleagues. Do whatever you can to start getting job leads, getting understanding of what's going on in your sector so that if you have to move, you know what's going on, you know, what's open, what's not open, what's, you know, what, what companies are hiring, what they're not hiring. You want to, on let's say LinkedIn and other social media sites that are relevant to your career, get noticed. You want to get the attention of decision makers, of hiring managers, you know, top executives, or, or folks you feel that can kind of get you in the door. Because the worst thing to do is to just say, Meh, it's not going to happen to me. Time goes on, and then it does happen. And you're like, oh, no, I got it. And now it hits you like a ton of bricks. I got to start looking. What do I do? Ah, and you freak out. So if you kind of have that game plan already, it's still going to suck if you lose a job. Uh, you know, obviously, but at least you're prepared. In addition, okay, so in addition to that, I would also say lay your groundwork for, for kind of maybe making informal interviews, you know, seeing what else is out there, sending out your resume, testing the waters, and seeing, you know, it could be in your particular sector, it's doing well and hot, and then there are a lot of opportunities or maybe not. So you want to lay that groundwork. Now, in addition, in addition to that, you got to focus on yourself holistically. Because we've all seen this, think about it, social media, in real life, how often do you see these inappropriate reactions to events? Like how many times have you seen in videos, whether it's TikTok or X you know, slash Twitter, where Maybe you're in a plane and just someone goes berserk. You're in a store and someone goes crazy. There's, there's an altercation in the streets. People are on edge. And one of the things I, I think they're on edge is because they don't know how to process these feelings that I talked about earlier about all the challenges confronting us. So it's just this built up, pent up frustration. And in a way, a lot of people are just waiting for somebody to say the wrong thing to you so they could explode and get it off their chest. You don't want to be that person. What I would suggest is a few different things. And it depends on, on what you like to do. One, you want to start, just go outside. We've, you know, I think with the pandemic, we've been trained to be indoors for the most part and with Netflix and, you know, Instacart and DoorDash, our lives are, are made such that we could just sit in our house or apartment and never have to leave and be in that cocoon. Go outside, get some sunlight, some great vitamin D from sunlight. 
the fresh air, take a walk. If you like jogging, jog. If you like running marathons, run a marathon. If you want to do yoga or take up yoga, try it. Work out, you know, if, if you're into uh, lifting weights, do that. If you want to do fujitsu or jujitsu or something else, try that. This is a time where you have to focus on your mind, your body, your emotional well-being, being your, your spirit, and that's going to power you through. Reach out to friends you haven't spoken with in a while. Now, this is going to sound weird, but because of all the events, it's this shared experience we have now of, 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 of concern, worry, stress, anxiety. So it's a good time and it makes sense to reach out to people who you haven't spoken to years. And you know what? We all in this you know, situation where you haven't reached out to somebody in a long time. So then you feel weird reaching out to them. But times like this, they'll appreciate it. Maybe family members you had a you know, little spat with and now it's five years later. You're like, why well, did I like those people? What did, uh, let me just call. Let me, let me call, text, email. Let me get back in touch with them. You might have some friends, you know, from college, high school, elementary school, that best buddies, you know, best buddies forever, haven't seen them in years, reach out to them. Maybe some older relatives who are kind of housebound, they don't have the luxury of going out and taking a bike ride or taking a jog. Reach out and see how they're doing. If you go reach out and help people, and I would even say, go to a homeless shelter, a food kitchen. I would do that when my kids were in school, because they joined this you know, uh, organization, this club that would go to food banks and deliver food. And not only do the people, the recipients appreciate it, but the people who actually help, they feel great about themselves. They feel empowered and controlled that they're doing something positive. Christine, what, what else would you think, would you suggest that maybe people could do during these challenging times to make themselves feel better and maybe to help just do something good and help out. I think most importantly, if you're struggling, just to please seek help. And then I mm. would say, I think now is also a critical time for employers to make sure that their workers are doing okay. Um, Jim Pass actually released a wellness report today that said 93% uh, of workers consider their well being equally as critical as their salary. People need these wellness tools. So I think the onus is on employers just to make sure that their people are doing okay. These are unprecedented times. You're so right. I want to say about a couple of years back uh, during the pandemic, I would say dozens and dozens of companies reached out to me and, and other reporters to say, hey, we want to share our mental health you know, program, what we're doing, our emotional health program. That lasted maybe a year and then it went back to normal. And as Christine was mentioning, I think for people who are watching this, for employers, it'd be helpful if you acknowledged, hey, we're why you know, we're responsible for our employees and we need to offer different types of ways that they can improve themselves. Whether, you know, she mentioned Gym Pass, and there, there are lots of companies like that. I think I just wrote about Work Human, where what they do is their whole thing is basically 
uh, showing appreciation and gratitude. So let's say somebody does a good job at work it, and they do it socially. So there'll be, someone you know, gets a big win, gets a great client or whatever they did. Instead of just like, eh, okay, they'll get, you know, everybody will like comment, hey, that was great work, Christine. That was amazing. We're so proud of you. You know, the senior executives will chime in, everyone chime in. So they show like, hey, this is wonderful. And think about it, that's not hard to implement. And that's a cool thing to do. You know, when you kind of empower these people, you know, to say, hey, thank you. Thank you for doing a great job. And that that's that's so easy for a manager, a boss or supervisor, right? It's just like the easiest thing to do just to say, thank you. And then even better to offer a program that really rewards you and makes everybody else in the organization know what you're doing. And I do see, to be fair, like, and Gym Pass is something, it's interesting because what they do is they give you at like part of the health benefits. And I'm not, and just, you know, I'm not shilling for these companies at all. I don't get paid for, you know, talking about this stuff, but it's, it's germane to the topic is that you could, and this is something else you might ask your employer to have, whether that or similar kind of entities where you can go with one, I guess, uh, part of your, 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 you know, health program could go to different gyms, to different yoga studios, um, really across the board. Also access to all sorts of uh, apps that help you with your mental health and emotional well-being. Um, I'm going to speak today, actually, with this place called Culture App, which is an Australian firm that's also kind of doing the same thing. So it's cool to see that there are companies out there trying to help and offer services. So, Christy, you're right. That's, that's it's, it's we we leave that out of the uh, you know out of the equation that the employees should have, I think, some responsibilities because. Without their team, they're nothing. So th they should look after them and offer these programs to help them out, right? That and with all these layoffs, a lot of workers are taking on additional workloads because you know their colleagues have departed. So it's there's more room for burnout. So I think that employers do have a responsibility to um, just make sure that their um, employees are coping. And. I'm not an expert in these things, but I've heard from lots of people whether to do affirmations, mantras, working on your mindset, meditation, things of that nature, visualization. Now, Gen Xers and boomers, this is something that blows their mind. Like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. But I could tell you from my experience, you know, I've been doing yoga for years now and meditation and mindfulness and manifestations. And it kind of works. It kind of works. It sounds goofy. It's, you know, it could be for some people, for some people, but it works because in trying times, you need to try different things to make yourself feel better because relying on drinking, drinking alcohol, taking drugs, that's not cool. That's going to, you know, and I'm not approved by saying this, but it's just going to help. It's going to make you go downwards and not up. You want to find things that are going to uplift you. So what I would suggest, find what works for you and try different things out. You know, you, 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 you know, you might just want to take a nice walk in certain areas, like here in the New York, New Jersey area, fall, beautiful weather, the leaves are changing, just a nice, pleasant walk, get outside for a bit. 
Others wanted to run a marathon. Others may want to just ride their bike, whatever it may be, but do something because you're going to need this. You're going to need this to get through these challenging, tough times that are going to last for a while. And it will pass eventually. You don't know how long it is, but things don't go up forever and things don't go down forever. You know, eventually it'll come to some reasonable thing, but for the short term, it makes sense to do whatever you can, whatever's in your control, to keep your job, to keep your options open for other jobs, and to continually find what works best in terms of your mental health and emotional well-being. And if you do feel you're really nothing is helping, there's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist, psychologist, and seeking professional help. Once again, I think I, I don't know, and maybe I, I'm wrong about this. But I think like Gen X and baby boom generations were not like so keen on it, but maybe the younger generations are fine. I would suggest for people who feel uncomfortable with it to try. Because once again, if you don't do anything, you're not going to get any results. You have to try different things until you find what works. So what I so to kind of sum it up. We're in a time period that's violent, dangerous, frightening, uncertain. And again, this is not meant to be doom and gloom. I just want to be honest with people because I'm not helpful if I pretend everything is rosy and great. We're in a tough situation and it's likely to last for a while. And some people are going to pretend, meh, it's going to be okay. And, and it, you know, it may be. Everything, something could happen and miraculously turns around overnight. Totally possible. But you don't want to pin your hopes on that. You want to make sure that if this lasts for a while, that you're going to still remain employed. You're going to be employable. And that also includes maybe taking online courses, learning new things. And I'm not saying learn to code and now you're going to be a software engineer overnight. No. What you could kind of do, what your skills are to find new skills, enhance your skills and have a skill stack that you could do other things if you need to do or want to do. So focus, I think, on these things. Stop ruminating. Stop letting all these negative monkey brain thoughts keep going through your mind, making you feel miserable. When you find yourself, just cut that out. Get outside, get sunshine, exercise, eat right. Don't fall into the trap of drinking and taking drugs and smoking weed and feel that or better because that's temporary. Try to do something positive. Reach out to people. Reach out to help people. And then find what works for you that gives you some mental, emotional relief and comfort and that could get you through these challenging times. So, uh, I mean, this is more of a sober type of conversation, but I think for a lot of people, it might be helpful, especially those who are wondering like, why am I always so miserable all the time? Why am I so angry all the time? Why do I feel resentful all the time? You know, why can't I find a job? Why, why aren't they calling me back? Why aren't I getting into it? Well, I think this kind of tells you why. So it's not, if anything else to come out of this, I find it's very helpful that when people realize it's, oh, it's not just me. Oh, I really, you know, everybody's going through this because then when you have that, you know, revelation, it makes you feel better that, oh, I didn't do something terrible or 
people aren't sabotaging me or blackballing me. No, this is the kind of environment we're in now. And it, it's not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. And there's there's something good to that. You feel better about yourself. Like, okay, you can tell your partner or spouse, oh, all right, I feel so much better. That's not me. This is going on to so many other people who are brilliant and smart and wonderful. And they're going through it too. So it's some, it gives you some measure of comfort and confidence. And I'll leave you with this. If you have you know, any questions, you need any help, you'll feel free to hit me up. And if I don't have answers for it, I'd be glad to direct you to people who you know can help you. If you need recruiters, I could point you in the right direction for a recruiter or a career coach or a resume writer, you know, however I could help. Feel free to hit me up in the comments you know, in this page or, you know, send something direct um, because with these LinkedIn lives, you know, I've had a bunch of really amazing guests. I would suggest go back, check them out. I could always repost them. So you could see giving really good advice, going to have some more guests coming on to give advice. So my mission is to just try to help as many people as we can, particularly during this tough time. So I really appreciate you coming and watching. Let me know if you have any ideas for other topics. And uh, keep in touch. And thank you so much for watching.